Happy Football Friday, everyone. Welcome into the Football Addicts Anonymous podcast presented by Angels Alive here on Fridays. Chris will be along shortly. We'll see if we get Mark in here or not. Big man working uh, within the Houston, uh, the Texas Rangers organization. So, um, yeah, it's championship weekend. We got uh, two games on tap. That's it. Uh, we are getting down to it, back to uh, the dark ages with no football soon. So, um, no games to recap. So, we will go right into NFL news. So, starting off, um, got some dominoes dropping. The Bears and Vikings have gotten their general managers locked up. The Bears hiring Chiefs Assistant Director of Player Personnel Ryan Poles as their GM. Uh, integral part of the system there in Kansas City. Um, was... Brett Veach's uh, right-hand man, essentially, right-hand man, uh, was Ryan Poles for the Chiefs general manager, uh, Brett Veach. So I thought it was a really good hire uh, by Chicago. Hello, Chris. Did not hear a word he said. <laughs> All I said was, what's up? Do you hear me now? Yeah. Now now I hear yeah. you. <laughs> Getting some feedback, but... Um, so, yeah, Ryan Poles for the Bears. Yeah, really bad feedback, Chris. Really bad feedback there. <laughs> I thought it was a really good hire, though, for Chicago. Uh, they also got their head coach, Colts defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus. Was an intriguing hire, uh, to say the least. A defensive guy, not an offensive guy. Um but your thoughts on uh, either of the Bears hires there, Chris? Well, the Eberflus thing, like you said, uh, it was interesting to see them go defense, like you said, being that they have a second-year quarterback there. Um, but, I mean, that defense is still the heart and soul of that team, so maybe that was the right way to go. And maybe they – the uh, higher-ups believe in Justin Fields enough to work with the other offensive coaches, like the offensive coordinator or quarterback's coach or whoever else, and be able to develop that way. Yeah, the uh, the offensive coordinator for the Bears is going to be massive, a massive hire there um, in Chicago. We'll talk about some people that they are looking at 
Um, actually, I think I only have one. Yeah, I only have one person on here so far. Um, and then the Vikings, they got their general manager as well. Bro, the feedback's so bad on your end. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the Vikings getting their GM as well. Uh, hiring Brown's executive. I I was trying to find his um, official title with the Browns. Um, I had it in a prior show. Can't seem to find it right now. Uh, but Brown's executive, uh, Kwesi Adolfo Mensa, um, is major contributor for the Browns, especially when you talk about analytics. Andrew Barry being one of the few analytics-driven general managers in the league. Uh, Adolfo Mesa comes off that tree now and goes to the Vikings. We'll see how much analytics they are using um, in terms of their draft strategy and whatnot. And also now he's got to find a coach. So. Yeah, it's kind of important. Uh, the Broncos, they found their head coach, however... Um, they hired Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett. And uh, that just is going to stir the bucket, man. Aaron Rodgers to Denver is a done deal, right? I mean, the manager there. But I don't really know. What was his relationship with the coaches? Who, Rodgers or Hackett? Rodgers. Uh, I mean, it seemed like... The relationship was getting a lot better... Um, as the season went on this year. So I can still see him staying in Green Bay. But... Um, but I mean, it's kind of hard to see him being there, being that they have so many cap issues too. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, that was another interesting hire for, for me. I mean, Hackett was expected to get a job somewhere. I just didn't think it was going to be in Denver. Yeah. Uh, I think the Eberflus hiring kind of... Threw everyone um, threw everyone off, but well, the the Denver hiring with with uh, Hackett that definitely took another name off the board, though at least in my opinion, because after that hire, it came out that Dan Quinn is deciding to stay in in Dallas now. Yeah, for so sure. So it seemed like that was the yeah. job he wanted, and obviously he didn't get it, so he didn't want to coach anywhere else. Yeah, I, I um, 
he most definitely wanted the Denver job. And I'm still getting feedback uh, when I talk. <laughs> Thank you. But, um, yeah, Dan Quinn definitely wanted the Denver job. I think that was the only one that he was very much considering, even though he was uh, interviewed for six of the now nine head coaching jobs that were available. Uh, but I think it was always Denver for him, and he didn't get it. So he decided he wanted to go back, try to win the Super Bowl with the Cowboys. Some special teams news here, or some some coordinator news. Uh, the Panthers they have a new special teams coordinator. They hired. Bears special teams coordinator to the Saints uh, position. And uh, the Ravens have their new defensive coordinator after parting ways with um, Wink Martindale earlier last week. Uh, They now hired Michigan defense coordinator Mike McDonald. Had a lot of success with uh, Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo this all, this year with the Michigan Wolverines. So we'll see how that translates to the NFL. As we know, college coaches not necessarily um, translating as Joe Brady didn't for the Panthers. Really excited about Chris Tabor, really though. excited about Chris Tabor, though. The Bears, Actually, for all their problems, Bears, for all their problems, had pretty good special had teams. Pretty good special teams. And the, also with the Ravens. Also with the Ravens. Um, um, They are closing in on an extension to uh, for head coach John Harbaugh. So um, look for that to get done within the next couple of weeks there. And Chris already said about Dan Quinn, so we'll skip that one. Uh, probably the biggest news other than the hirings of the GMs and the head coaches this weekend, Sean Payton. He has stepped away from the New Orleans Saints, will not coach in 2022. Um, he, is he is under contract through 2024, under contract so, through 2024 so, so if he would come back in... 2023 or whatnot, he would have to be traded for uh, from some team. From some team. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of a shock to me. Obviously, there was rumblings of it happening like last week or 
like we even talked about it on our Monday show. Um, but I mean, I don't really blame the guy for leaving because the Saints are still in cap hell, and there's no bright future in sight right now for them, especially not at the quarterback position. Um, but yeah. I'll be very interested to see what happens with him if he does decide to come back in 23. I mean, I I know it's just speculation, but a lot of people I've talked to about the situation have said they think that he's setting himself up for the Dallas job next year when McCarthy gets fired because they do what they've been doing. Yeah, I think... uh... Still bad. Uh, yeah, I think Sean Payton, he's definitely going to do a, a one-year broadcast tour. I know he has multiple offers from all of the major networks. So uh, we'll see where he goes. If he uh, joins his former quarterback and and goes into he joins his former quarterback and goes into the uh, NBC with Drew Brees, but it's uh, good. <laughs> that is uh, definitely on the table. But yeah, I don't know. Twenty twenty three is weird. You know, obviously he's connected to the Cowboys, like he said. I've been getting it. I don't think I've heard anywhere else yet, because obviously we don't know what the 2023 coaching openings are going to be. But um, Eagles beat writer Jeff McClain also wrote (laughs) a thing about how the Eagles were connected because Sean Payton was the quarterback's coach in 97-98. <laughs> and actually, uh, the Eagles wanted to extend Sean Payton um, for another year, which obviously 1999 was when Andy Reid came in, uh, or 98. They drafted McNabb in 99. Um, but... Then he went on and and went with uh, Bill Parcells and whatnot. But, yeah, I mean, that would have been interesting. You know, the Eagles extend Sean Payton, and then he's the the Eagles coach for so many years. You know? (laughs) One of those NFL what-ifs. Yeah, unmute, Chris. (laughs) <laughs> I forgot. But, yeah, you can't really speculate what happened in the past. But, I mean, who really made who between him and Breeze? Because, obviously, that was one of the best pairings in the 2000s and 2010s. So, it's kind of like the Belichick-Brady situation. Obviously, both of those guys are best at the sport. But, like... I don't think if Peyton had taken over in in uh, Philly, I don't know if he would have really had the success that he did with New Orleans. 
I mean, he would have had McNabb uh, at the number two overall pick in 1999. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Again, it's, it's one of those alternate realities <laughs> alternate universes where <laughs> the dominoes the butterfly effect would just uh be crazy of what all would go down uh but yeah i think it was the last couple of seasons were very tough on on sean um yeah i think this year I think this year could have went way different for the new orleans saints had Jameis winston not torn his acl because i think they were they were going. I believe they were four and two when he got hurt. Something like that. Um, but and they had the offense yeah. going. And this is a very crucial hire for the Saints, though, because I mean, Sean Payton was a big reason why they were still one win away from making the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, head coach interviews here for the Las Vegas Raiders. They are looking at uh, Bucks, D.C., Todd Bulls. And I think the biggest thing that everyone is making a big deal about uh, is josh mcdaniels patriots offense coordinator josh mcdaniels got an interview with them and uh that could be patriots west patriots uh southwest whatever um with the potential of dave ziggler also becoming the gm with the raiders and they could bring Josh McDaniels in as well. I mean, I don't know. I've never been a big fan of Josh McDaniels. Obviously, he had his chance with Denver. And then he, I mean, he's kind of always just been, I feel like he's one of those guys, just like Todd Bowles, as you mentioned him. They're much better off as coordinators. I don't think that they're head coach material. Yeah, well, I, you know, the second, the second opportunity as a head coach or a GM, uh, that is the key one. Because if you're not successful in your second opportunity, you rarely will get a third opportunity. Mm-hmm. So it's really key. And what I've learned um, through just random sports meeting people Your, your first head coaching or, or GM spot, take whatever you can get because you need the experience. You need to, you know. Some people don't do that. Some people wait and wait and wait for the right opportunity. But just like some things in life, you can't, <laughs> you can't always get what you want, you know. So I think the first opportunity you got to take, and that's what he did in Denver, he won a playoff game. Um but, you know, didn't work out there. And then uh, the second spot you can be selective about, and that's what he's done, uh, fleecing the Colts two years ago. Um, and, yeah, he's just waited t- 
to to get his spot that he wants, and he mm-hmm. is apparently very interested in the in the Vegas Raiders right now. Yeah, I mean, what? It kind of side note, but the Colts really get like that happens to them a lot because that also happened with Frank Gore, didn't it? Or no, he fleeced the Eagles and went yeah. to the Colts, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I again, I'm a, kind of an advocate for the Raiders to keep. Uh, I can't think of the guy's name, but the interim coach. I think he did a great job with what Rich, he had. Rich Basaccia. Uh, I think he deserves at least. Yeah, I think he deserves at least a shot at being the head coach. Yeah, I agree. I think it's the issue of what the GM they bring in wants. Well, yeah, I, I forgot about that, too, that they got rid of Mayock, so. Yeah. The players want Passaccio, and I think I, I highly believe that Derek Carr will want to leave if Josh McDaniels is hired. Their personalities, as far as what I know about the two guys, do not seem to fit well. <laughs> uh, but then they would also then they would be able to re-sign Marcus Mariota to be their new starting quarterback because he's a free agent. So, uh, for the Saints' job, they are interviewing their defensive coordinator Dennis Allen, who is. Easily the favorite. Uh, everyone believes Dennis Allen is going to get the job, um, me included. So, uh, But they did also interview Lions defense coordinator Aaron Glenn, who was the former secondary coach for the Saints before he was hired by Dan Campbell and brought with Campbell from New Orleans. Uh, and then they are also looking at Bucks offense coordinator Byron Lefwich and former Dolphins head coach Brian Flores, who is in a waiting pattern uh, because he's a finalist for the Giants job, and that is supposed to be uh, announced or finalized this weekend sometime. Uh-huh. So if he doesn't get that, then he'll look at the Saints job, I believe. That's how it's going to go. I mean, I don't know. There's some good options there. I mean, I like Flores, and I... I do like Allen as well. Um, Aaron Glenn, I'm not too sure about, though, because he hasn't been, like, I don't even think he's been a coordinator yet. He was with the Lions last year. He's a, he's a defensive coordinator. Well, this year, I mean. we saw how that worked out, too, so. The lot. Lions. <laughs> a lot of injuries. Um, but the Byron Leftwich one, though, I don't know if I like that one, but I've also yeah. heard that he's pretty much a lock for the Jacksonville job anyway. Yeah, I was going to put that on here. Uh, you know, Hackett and um, who was the other one that were the finalists for, I believe Dan Quinn mm. was another finalist for the Jags job. Uh, but anyways, yeah, he is the favorite in Jacksonville. But we'll get to they interviewed someone else as well. 
But Byron Leftwich, I think, is intriguing for the Saints. That would be a reuniting of him and Jameis Winston in New Orleans. Uh, Byron Leftwich was Jameis Winston's offensive coordinator for, I believe, just his last year. Um, I believe so, yeah. In Tampa. So, 30-30 and 30 season. <laughs> so... I mean, if 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 Winston can uh, produce those interceptions, then I think he'd be great. I think he. I, I think, mean, he kind of he was at the beginning of the season this year too. I don't think he really turned the ball over too much. I think Winston has very much matured and and learned a lot from Drew Brees and Sean Payton the mm-hmm. the, the two years that he's been in New Orleans so far. Yeah. Uh, for the Giants' head coaching job. They had finalists already, but they also went ahead and interviewed uh, in-house candidate uh, assistant head coach slash defensive coordinator Patrick Graham for their head coaching job as well. I'm in the Jags. So there was a story. The Jags plane was in Denver last weekend uh, or this week, and everyone thought because Nathaniel Hackett was a finalist for the Jags job, that it was in Denver to pick up Hackett and bring him back to Jacksonville. Uh, but that's not what it was there for. It, it was there to bring back former Broncos head coach Vic Fangio to Jacksonville for him to interview for the Jags job. Uh, so everyone is saying Byron Leftwich is the guy, but the Jags just keep interviewing people. So, I mean... I don't know. I the Jack. I don't even really pay attention to what Jacksonville does anymore because they're just they're. I don't care what anybody says. They're the worst franchise in the league, <laughs> especially when it comes to managing their coaches and players and stuff. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Like, yeah, get the right coach, man. Like, I saw something, somebody was just joking around, but at the same time, it was true. Like, they are about to ruin one of the best quarterback prospects pretty much ever because of how badly they're handling the situation. It depends. It depends. Um, Fangio's interesting interview for them because the Jaguars GM right now is Trent Baalke, um, and he was with... Fangio when they were both in San Francisco when when Balky was the Niners GM and Fangio was the defensive coordinator uh, for Kyle Shanahan. So, yeah. That, uh, that'd be a reuniting for them down in Jacksonville. Uh, but that, that was also the other thing. Uh, some of the other candidates that they were talking about with the Jags head coaching job, there was discussion on whether Balky would be able to survive a head coaching uh, change. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to see if uh, he does or not. But you know, GM candidates are getting a little thin, uh, that poll. So. <laughs> Just a bit. Um, and then the Texans, they added another person to their interviews for head coach. Rams offense coordinator Kevin O'Connell uh, interviewed for a couple of the openings this cycle as well so uh i have to report as well for the texans josh mccown is a finalist 
for their head coaching job. He interviewed for the second time today. Hmm. That'd be a very interesting hire because obviously he's well liked around the league. He's been on about half the team, but yeah, I think he deserves a shot. But I've always, like, I've always been very skeptical of. Uh, no matter who it is, whether it's a former player or what, but but uh, I've always been skeptical about like people getting a head coaching job immediately rather than going through the ranks like a lot of other coaches do. Again, we've never seen it in the NFL. I think yeah. it's worth a shot. Why not? The Texans, I mean, they're not going to get... They can't really get much worse. <laughs> um, now, that brings up an interesting question, too, though. Like, Is there any fixing the Watson situation? No. He doesn't like so, the McNairs. So. so no matter who they hire, even if it's somebody he actually wants to play for or play with, he still wouldn't stay? Yep. That is correct. Uh, but I don't think it matters because, you know, I was a I was a big Davis Mills supporter this season. Uh, he played very well down the stretch, kept okay. them in a lot of games, and I think they fa- they have something. I mean, he's not a world beater yet. Um, he's only a third round pick, has a lot of development to do. But Josh McCown, being a former NFL quarterback, he knows how to do quarterbacks. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is basically, like, I say he's just making the jump, but he was basically, like, the quarterback's coach for the last three or four years yeah. anyway, so. Hey, man, he started a playoff game, and he almost won the Eagles a playoff game against the Seattle Seahawks <laughs> at home with a torn quad, off uh-huh. of the bone torn quad. <laughs> that was my fondest memory of Josh McCown as a Philadelphia Eagle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, for uh, GM interviews, just have the Raiders two additions there to their list. Uh, Falcons national scout and former Titans GM uh, Rustin Webster and uh, Steelers pro scouting director Brandon Hunt, the Raiders added to their GM interview list. Um, As far as quarter uh, coordinator interviews, this is a lot of stuff going on with coordinators now that the Broncos and Bears have new head coaches. They're trying to fill out their staffs, and the other teams trying to fill their staffs in from the guys that they uh, are trying to replace. So the Steelers uh, already talked about some of their defensive coordinator people they're looking at, but they also uh, added Saints defensive backs coach Chris Richard to the to their interview list for that position. Former Seattle Seahawks defense coordinator, uh, Legion of Boom, was mm-hmm. Chris Richard part of that. Yeah, that that would be a great hire for them. Um, obviously, with all the other stuff going on with the Steelers, but uh, I mean, they already have a great defense. They have one of the best in the league. Adding somebody like him in the coaching staff would just make them even better. 
Yeah, I think if there is any weakness on the Steelers' defense, it is the secondary. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, Micah Fitzpatrick is fantastic. Joe Hayden is still playing well, even into his 30s. They just need to get some more help at the corner. And uh not really sure that uh, Terrell Edmonds is it at the other safety spot. So, mm -hmm. linebacker has been a little bit of an issue, too, but that's been injuries. Uh, you know, so... Yeah, injuries and departure. Uh, yeah. Uh, the Bears' offensive coordinator under Matt Eberflus uh, would be a massive get for him if he can do it. He uh, They told Packers quarterbacks coach Luke Getze pretty much if he wants the Bears' offensive coordinator job, it's his. They're not going to look at anyone else um, unless he declines them. The biggest thing for him going to Chicago versus staying in Green Bay um, – he would get to call the plays in Chicago. If he's the yep. offensive coordinator for the Packers, he's not going to call the plays because that's Matt LaFleur's job. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a, that's a tough one too. Obviously, the like you said, you he would have more more to do or more impact, I guess, if he took the if he takes the Bears job, but. I don't know. I'm just thinking about winning and stuff. And if Rodgers stays, I think they have a much better shot at, at the very least, making the playoffs than the Bears do. Yeah. Well, he's not on this list, at least yet, that I've heard. Um, but I, I wonder why not just go with Nathaniel Hackett to Denver uh, and lure Rodgers there. Two yeah. coaches? Two of his coaches instead of just one, but two? Yeah. His quarterback's coach and his offensive coordinator going to Denver. I mean, yeah. I mean that that again goes back to did Rodgers actually like them? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many people's Rodgers Rodgers actually likes. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the one one person that is on the Broncos' offensive coordinator list right now is uh, Chargers tight ends coach Kevin Coger. Uh, not too much knowledge about him, but um, you know they, he had Hunter Henry and uh, you know Jared Cook the last couple of seasons. So I don't know how long mm -hmm. he's been the tight ends coach, but yeah, I was gonna say, was he there when uh, Antonio Gates was there? Probably not. No, that was way too far. <laughs> and I mean, it's only like four seasons. And I mean, Brandon Staley. This was also only his second year, so I don't know if he came on with Staley. Or yeah. was there prior. Yeah. Uh, for the Packers offensive coordinator spot, there's they're the <laughs> longest coordinator list that I have. Uh, Chargers tight ends coach Kevin Coger. Packers quarterbacks coach Luke Getze. Uh, Packers offensive line coach slash run game coordinator Adam Stanevich or Stenovich. Um, and then Eagles quarterbacks coach Brian Johnson. I'm praying they do not poach Brian Johnson. Uh, I think he did wonders with Jalen Hurts this year. Uh -huh. So I'm hoping they don't hire him. But uh, Adam Stenovich is a big name. I believe he got a head coach interview from one of the openings. Uh, I can't remember which one, but I believe he did get one interview anyways for a head coach job. 
He's on the track to get a head coaching job. He just needs to be coming off its coordinator. So uh, yeah. this would be a shot in-house yeah. guy. Okay. Other news here. The Giants in their uh, press conference for new GM Joe Shane. Owner John Mara announced, uh, you know, talking about Daniel Jones and whatnot, said every they've done everything to screw the kid up, and, and that great quote that they had. Uh, but they also mentioned they aren't trading for Deshaun Watson, which I thought was a uh, weird thing to put into that press conference. But, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I, We've never heard the Giants in the conversation for Deshaun, anyways. So I don't think uh, really he matters. just had to clear it up. That's one of the biggest uh, stories going into the offseason as it's been for like the last two years. See, but I don't like that. I like how, granted, I'm biased. I like how Jeffrey Lurie says it every offseason and how he Roseman for the Eagles. They say we are open to anything. We 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 make sure we look into every possible trade and every possible move we can make. Um, and, you know, they look into that stuff, and it, a lot of the times it doesn't work itself out, and they don't do it. But there's sometimes where the price is right, and you pull the trigger. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, I'm in the I'm in that boat where I would never say that we're never going to do something. You know, even, even though that's a double negative, but that's fine. <laughs> okay, we had two major retirements. The first one probably not as major to the general public because he's an offensive lineman. But he's a Hall of Fame offensive lineman. Uh, should be in the Hall of Fame eventually. Eagles guard Brandon Brooks retired this week. Uh, Super Bowl 52 champ with the Philadelphia Eagles. Played with the Texans as an undrafted free agent from 2012 to 2015. Traded to the Eagles. Uh, I don't have the uh, full trade details, but it, I know it involved a second-round pick. Um, in 2016, played for the Eagles 2016 to now. Uh, but yeah, Super Bowl 52 champ, four-time first-team All-Pro at guard, uh, three-time Pro Bowler, nine years in the league. Brandon Brooks. Very great. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I didn't hear about the Brandon Brooks thing. Um, but like you said, it's not as... Uh, not as big to people maybe outside of the Eagles organization. But, yeah, I do agree. I think he's had a great career so far. Or not so <laughs> far because it's over now. But I think he has had a great career and does have a shot at the Hall of Fame possibly. But we'll have to see. Yeah, and his his four uh, first-team All-Pros came consecutively. Uh, his first four seasons with the Eagles, uh, 16, 17, 18, 19. Um, he was completely dominant uh, and the best guard or one of the best guards. Him and 
uh, Zach Martin probably in those years were the best two guards in the league or whatever you want to say. Um, but yeah, pretty big hole. Injured the last two years, only played like nine games, I believe it was, or four, something like that. But, and of course, the guy's jersey that I'm wearing. I've had this jersey since middle school, maybe. Um, it was very difficult. Might even shed a tear right now thinking about. I mean, bro, I've I've never known any other starting quarterback for the Steelers. It was my whole childhood, you know. I had with the Eagles. I had McNabb for most of my childhood, and then they traded him, and we had a whole host of other quarterbacks since then. And you know, the Panthers have. You know, I had Cam in 2011. Um, I don't even remember who was before that. Uh, they've had a couple different quarterbacks since too. So, but Ben's been the one consistent man in uh, 18 seasons in Pittsburgh. Um, I guess I'll list off all his accomplishments because it's a long, long list. Uh, 166, 82, and 1 career record, 66.9% win percentage. Uh, 13 and 10 in the playoffs. Uh, two time Super Bowl champ. That is Super Bowl 40 and Super Bowl 43. Also appeared in Super Bowl 45. Uh, mm-hmm. Lost to the Green Bay Packers. Um, one time second team All Pro. Six time Pro Bowler. 2004 uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year. He also led his team to the most wins ever by a rookie. I believe that was uh, 13. I think they went 13-3 and in his rookie season. Uh, the only player to ever have four 500-plus yard passing games. Uh, never had a losing season in his 18 years in Pittsburgh. He uh, has the fifth most... Passing yards ever, 64,088. He has the most games ever played in a Steelers uniform, 249. And also, he has one record that Brady can never have. <laughs> he, has, he, is the, uh, he has the most seasons played, I believe it's by a player. I don't, I don't know if it's by a player or by a quarterback. One of the two, or maybe both. Um, but he has the most seasons played with one team in an entire career in NFL history uh, yeah. at 18 seasons with one single team. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, he, that's incredible in itself. Cause nobody, not even Brady, like you said, was able to stay with one team for that long. Uh, well, no, actually, he did. Didn't he, he, he had wasn't nineteen he with the for nineteen? Yeah. Yeah. But but it's with one team for their entire career. Play. Yep. Yeah. But uh, doesn't Rogers have a chance to tie that next year if he stays? I think that's eighteen years for him, or, or something like that. Uh, yeah. But that's a very big question mark. Yeah, because he was drafted a year later. So. Um. But yeah, Roethlisberger. Obviously, being a Jets fan, no idea what that's like to have a quarterback like that. 
the closest thing I have football wise is Drew Brees with the Saints. But I didn't really like actually pay attention to the Saints until like the last few years, probably like three or four years. So I mean, obviously I loved Drew Brees and he was my favorite player, but I wasn't like super into him until like the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Chad Pennington and, and Brett Favre. Well, Favre was with <laughs> us for one year and whatever. Pennington was kind of like just before I really started paying attention. Like that Favre season, I think, was the, the season I actually started paying attention to the Jets. Um, but the closest thing I could think of is for baseball. I'm a Yankee fan, so Derek Jeter played for the Yankees for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And like it was very emotional seeing him retire and stuff. But the only difference there is, I mean, Roethlisberger never officially said he was until the other day. Yeah. I mean, I guess we kind of figured it was happening all season, though. But for me, Jeter had announced it prior to the season, so everybody knew it was happening. And so we kind of got our fill and our fix knowing he was retiring. Again, everybody kind of assumed Roethlisberger was retiring anyway, but... I, th- I feel like he could have gotten more of a uh, retirement tour if he had actually announced it before. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think I think I like the uh, the kind of putting it out there as a rumor. How they how they how he did it. I mean, yeah, like it was kind of rumored before. Um, the Browns game, and uh, because that was his last home game ever, and uh, you know, then they knew pretty much, you know, against the Ravens that could be done after this, and then obviously against the Chiefs was definitely uh, playing on borrowed time at that point uh, with house money. So, yeah. I wish that he would have been able to get a third one, you know, hadn't been back to the Super Bowl in 12 years. So, uh, got close yeah, many times. He's the reason that the Jets didn't make it to the Super Bowl in their last uh, <laughs> playoff appearance. So, thank you for that, Ben. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the amount of plays that he had where it's just like vintage Roethlisberger. I mean, the early on in his career, you know, when I wasn't as much paying attention to football, um, you know, the Super Bowl forty season, the 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 tripping of Nick Harper, uh, the shoelace tackle that he got to save what would have been a defensive touchdown for the Colts, uh, save that game for them. And uh, in the AFC Championship, and and made, got them to the Super Bowl with Jerome Bettis and, and company. Um, and then obviously the Super Bowl Forty Three. I mean, the throw to Santonio Holmes was just absolutely perfect. And uh, the thing that I have an issue with is that Big Ben was not a wasn't an MVP for either Super Bowl. Obviously, Super Bowl forty, he shouldn't have been. Super Bowl forty three, I believe he should have been the MVP. Um, 
as Antonio Holmes was, but who threw him the ball? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, so. That, that, that was kind of a situation where I feel like it should have been like a co-MVP type of thing. Because oh. they, they both played a crucial role, especially on that play. I don't so, think we've had co-MVPs in Super Bowl four, Chris. Well, no, not Super Bowl MVPs, but wasn't there like co-league MVPs more recently? Uh, not that I remember. I thought there was in the early 2000s. I don't uh, know. I yeah, yeah. 2000. Peyton Manning and Steve McNair. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not unheard of, but especially for that I I don't know I definitely think he deserved an MVP for that uh, the Super Bowl MVP at least yeah I mean those two and then you know all of the battles with the Ravens throughout the years were just body blows uh, watching him play against the greats Ed Reed and Ray Lewis uh, mm-hmm. the bloody nose from Haloti Nada that he got in the one game was just crazy and then uh the christmas day uh antonio brown touchdown to to win the division against the ravens was also very amazing um i was lucky enough to watch big ben play in three out of the four games that i witnessed in pittsburgh um you know the first game we went to was they just annihilated the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. Uh, it rained at halftime. It didn't matter. The Steelers rolled the Chiefs like 50-something to three. Uh, <laughs> and then the next year, we go back. Sunday Night Football once again. We had three of our four games that we witnessed were Sunday Night Football. It was crazy. <laughs> crazy, crazy. Uh yeah. We went back the next year, and all they did that year was win the division against the Ravens at home. Uh, and then the third year <laughs> was probably the greatest game that I ever watched in Heinz Field. Uh, it was a 425 kickoff, and we beat Brady. I mean, the Steelers finally beat the Patriots against Tom Brady, and it was... It was crazy, man. The the stadium after Joe Hayden picked off Brady to to seal it, uh, and then the last year we went, Bren wasn't playing. They lost to the the Bills on Sunday Night Football because um, he was that was his injury year of twenty nineteen. So, uh, so the where the Steelers go now, I I hope. I've been saying this a bunch, and I'll keep saying it up until it doesn't happen on on draft day. Or if it does, I'll be even more excited. Uh, you know, I hope they keep Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh. Um, he's he's going to be playing next weekend at the Senior Bowl in Mobile. So, but I'm very excited. Yeah, I, I I haven't looked, but uh, is he being coached by the Jets or the Lions? I did not look at the rosters. I mean, either way, I, it's not the greatest coaching staffs, but, um, yeah, 
just out of curiosity, since you are a Pittsburgh fan, though, if Pickett is off the board, who would you want them to go for? You know, I don't, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't really have a uh, a ranking yet of the quarterbacks. Obviously, we're gonna do that um, coming up in the next few weeks or month or whatever. Uh, but I don't know. I really I don't like many other quarterbacks this year other than Kenny Pickett. Um, you know, the cases can be made for all the others: Desmond Ritter, Sam Howell, um, Malik Willis, and whatnot. I just don't think there's anyone other than Kenny Pickett that I would want. And if they, if they don't get Pickett, I think they're going to sign someone. I think they're going to sign someone anyways um, just to be safe. Uh, a stopgap option. If they don't get their guy in the draft, they can have somebody there. Um, and then go into the 2023 draft, which is supposed to be better with quarterbacks, so. Uh, and it looks like Kenny Pickett is coached by the Jets. Uh, actually, you know what? Looking at that, though, I completely forgot. Uh, if we can't get Kenny Pickett... I am most definitely perfectly fine with one of the two guys here. Carson Strong, who I think is a Big Ben clone. Massive 6'4", big arm. Um, tough, tough guy. Fits the Pittsburgh mold. Or my guy who is smaller, I believe, anyways. I don't know exactly. I could probably click on his name and it will show me. Maybe not. Or I don't know if they have, they don't have the height weights up yet because they didn't do that because that's one of the uh, things that they do at the Senior Bowl. But anyways, uh, Bailey Zappi, you know? So there's three. There's three for you. Pickett, Strong, and Zappi. I'm kind of surprised that you're not a big fan of Matt Corral because I thought you were coming. Oh, I forgot well, Matt Corral. Yeah. Matt Corral's on the list too. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, <clears throat> I might be able to wait until the second round to get one of those other guys. Obviously, Pickett probably won't last to the second round, but I know Zappy probably will. Carson Strong. <clears throat> He might be a late first-rounder, but... Yeah, Pickett, Pickett, Corral, and Strong probably all go in the first. Strong is more likely the guy that would go in the second round. But even if he goes in the second round, the Steelers would more than likely have to trade up for him or trade back for him. Uh, but it's it's not a great option to get a quarterback in the second round. Obviously, the first round, you have the extra fifth-year option. Um, so if you're going to get a quarterback you're better off drafting him in the first round. Unless you're getting a developmental guy. Like Bailey Zappi is probably not going to go till the 
fourth, fifth round. So. Yeah. All right, and then last thing, just random, you know, uh, the Niners. They activated wide receiver Mohamed Sanu from IR. <laughs> Maybe we'll see Mohamed Sanu on the field this weekend. Did he, did he even make an impact in any of the games in the catch uh, I don't even know how many catches he has this year. I really couldn't tell you. For me, it might just be he's Nice spot you're going through, Chris. Can't hear him much. <laughs> uh, but anyways, here are the pick standings. It was a very, very bad divisional weekend for Mark and I, uh, both one and three. Uh, didn't matter, though. You know, I'm still one up on Mark, luckily. Luckily, you were the one that got two lone wolves, Chris, because... Otherwise, Mark would be tied with me. Um, but yeah, you you're you're there, uh, seven back of me and and six back of, of Mark. So got three games left. It's uh it's a two horse race. So we'll see uh, whether Mark or I can <clears throat> can pull it out. Let's start off. AFC Championship game, Bengals at the Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah, I'm lone wolfing Cool Joe. Joe Cool. The baby Bengals have surprised me. I, uh... I am sort of biased. I do have wagers on the Bengals and the Rams to win the Super Bowl. Took those pre-playoffs, uh, pre uh, right when the playoffs started. So got a nice number of... Uh, plus 1750 for the Bengals and uh, plus 600 for the Buffalo Bills. So... Really good there. Uh, the I have a lot of stats for this game, Chris. A lot, some are wacky, but I don't know if you want to talk first about the Chiefs uh, and your pick or not, or if you can, if you're uh, out of a <laughs> a dead zone. <laughs> oh well. It would help if I unmuted myself first because I was just talking then I realized that I was <laughs> muted. But uh, anyway, here's my thing with this game. I think that the Bengals have a very good shot at winning this game, and I'm actually going to be rooting for them. I mean, I haven't put any bets in or anything yet, but I've been saying it all playoffs long. I'm rooting for the Bengals because they beat the Jets. I mean, the Jets beat them. So I would love to say that the Jets beat the Super Bowl champions. Plus, I'm just – the Chiefs are starting to annoy me as much as the Patriots did. 
I I made that connection the other day this earlier this week. So I just I I want some more variety, and I would love to see the Bengals get in the Super Bowl. However, I just the Chiefs have been to this is their fourth straight AFC Championship game. They've already they're in the middle of a two-game Super Bowl streak. So until they're beaten, I just can't pick against them. All right. Are you ready for the flurry of stats that I'm about to throw at you, Chris? Because <laughs> they, they are so fun, man. Uh, and almost all of these came from Aditi Kinkawala, the AFC North reporter for NFL Network. So, first off, the Chiefs scored 42 points last week. Bengals scored 19. In the last 25 years of the NFL playoffs, teams coming off a game of scoring 40 or more than 40 and a team coming off scoring less than 20. The team that scores less than 20 has won 7 out of 8. Yeah, I believe it. All right, that's the first one. We got a bunch more. Don't worry. This is the crazy one, the, the weird one that's kind of, you know, out there. But <laughs> the Chiefs and Bengals are meeting for the first time ever in the playoffs. Uh, wow. The last time this happened was when Russell Wilson played the 49ers. Uh, and on that's the, kind of surprising, too, considering that they're division rivals. And on Super Bowl Sunday... That was the year that uh, the Seahawks won the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 48. Uh, on Super Bowl Sunday, Russell Wilson was 25 years and 65 days old. All right? <laughs> this Super Bowl Sunday, February 13th, <laughs> Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow will be 25 years and 65 days old. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's it's <laughs> it's setting up for it. Uh, all right, here's another one. There's 31 of the 32 NFL teams have made the conference championship game. Uh, the only one that hasn't is the Houston Texans. Wow. Of the 31 teams, there's only two teams that are undefeated in conference championships. Do you know who those teams are, Chris? Trying to think. I can't think of who. First one, the New York Giants. They are five and zero in NFC Championship games. Okay. Second one is the Cincinnati Bengals. They are two and zero in AFC Championship games in their franchise history. Sure. <laughs> and then uh, another one that I just, another two that I just got today. Uh, so Bengals wide receiver Jamar Chase, he already set four rookie receiving records this year. Most yards in a regular season, uh, 1,455. Most yards in a season, including the playoffs, 1,680. Most deep touchdowns with seven. And most yards in a game, 266 versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, 
He only needs 18 yards more to break the single postseason rookie receiving yards record on Sunday. And then the last one, also dealing with a rookie. Kicker Evan McPherson was the only kicker drafted this year. He has 11 field goals of 50-plus yards, which is the most in an NFL season. He's had four game-winning final play field goals, and he's the first kicker ever to go four for four in consecutive playoff games. Those are it. That's it. That's what I got for this game, man. Huh. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of crazy stats for this game, but I, I mean, I just – I think this is going to be a great game, but I think we already saw the best game of the playoffs last weekend in Kansas City. Yeah, I I think no one, there's not many people that are giving the Bengals a chance. There's a lot of people that want the Bengals to win, but aren't picking them, like you. Uh, well, again, I, I can definitely see me being wrong, though. I just, I can't go against the, the experience here. See, but I don't I don't care, man. I mean, we've seen they're unfazed. The Bengals are totally unfazed by the moment. Uh, you know, they went in to a raucous Nashville Nissan Stadium in Tennessee and won. With defense. That's the thing. They've been winning with defense. And I think that's yeah. the biggest key. Well, obviously they haven't been winning with offense, getting sacked nine times last week. Well, yeah, I think I think the Bengals. Obviously, you have to look at that game that they played against the Chiefs this year already. Uh, but I think they're gonna run the ball. I mean, they have to run the ball. I think they did that well against the Chiefs in the first matchup, if I remember correctly. Um. But obviously, for the Chiefs, they can't let Jamar Chase go for 266 yards and uh, three touchdowns or whatever he did. Yeah. But I don't know. You know, we have to look at the status of Tyron Matthew. He's coming off a concussion. So that'll be key. I just think the Bengals are the most underrated defense left in the playoffs and they're gonna show people that they shouldn't be underrated anymore uh, yeah. with Trey Hendrickson uh, Logan Wilson and Mike Hilton and co yeah. uh, oh wait the Bengals have obviously been to the Super Bowl twice but I can't remember did they win any of those no they lost That's to the Niners yeah, they lost to the Niners and they lost to the Giants, I believe. Maybe not. That's another reason because they're still trying for their first one. So, and this is probably one of the best shots they've had, obviously, 31 years. Yeah, they, uh, 
They lost to the Niners in Super Bowl 16. And they lost to... Oh, no, that, I thought that was right. I, I thought I was right, man. They lost to the Niners twice. No. That's what I... Well... I could have sworn I was right, yeah. Could we see round three? <laughs> uh, I hope not. Yeah, me too. Lost to the Niners twice. Okay. Anyways, over under is fifty four and a half. I've seen some people picking over. I've seen some people picking under. If I had to pick, I would say go under. The Bengals defense is going to be the key. Well, what was the score of the game in the regular season? Uh, relatively high score. It was a high scoring game, wasn't it? I believe so. Yeah, because they went back for back and forth. I mean, the Bengals got down 14 twice. Uh, it was 34 31. Yeah, so that's 65 right there. I I don't know if it's going to get that high again, but I definitely see it being in the 50s. Yeah, but you want to know what? Since that game. Or actually, I should say, outside of that game, the Bengals all season have only given up over 30 three times. They gave up 34 to the Jets, 41 to the Browns, 41 to the Chargers. And then 31 to the Chiefs. And the, the three games since the Chiefs game, they've only given up 21 in a game where the Bengals didn't play any starters. 19 and 16 points. I'm just saying. All right, uh, that's 3 p.m. on CBS. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, like, the, the Chiefs are a different animal, though. We saw what the Chiefs did to the best defense in the league last week after the Bills the week before had completely dismantled the Patriots. So, uh, I also I haven't looked at it, but we're going to look at it live. Just checking on... Um, Conditions, projected conditions for uh, this game here. So, looks like a nice day. Uh, 49, 5 to 10 mile an hour winds, pretty good. So it's going to be a nice day in Kansas City for this game. Anyways, 3 p.m. CBS on Sunday. And then the other game, NFC Championship game, 49ers at the Rams. I don't like it, Chris. We're all picking the same team. Mark knows how we how we feel about this. 
This game I'm definitely not as sure about as the other one. Uh, because obviously these two are division rivals. The Rams have been struggling against the 49ers. <clears throat> but I don't know. I think this this team specifically, I don't think I've cheered for a team that's not one of my favorites harder than I've cheered for this Rams team in these playoffs. I just want Matthew Stafford to get a Super Bowl so bad. <clears throat> and this is obviously the best chance he's ever had. And yeah, I, I definitely – I think that they – right the wrongs that they've had in the past against the 49ers and ultimately win this game. Yeah. The forty uh the Rams are, are not the team that I I wanted to be here at this point. Uh but they are one of the four teams that I put Super Bowl bets on early uh before the playoffs began. Uh obviously the other two uh, I already said the Bengals. I had the Bills and and the and then I had the Bucks as the uh, Super Bowl runner up. Um, they almost very much collapsed. the The Niners have won six straight. Sean McVay does not know how to beat Kyle Shanahan at this point. Uh, I do have a stat for this game that does not favor the Rams, uh, or maybe it does. I don't know. Uh, I would think it wouldn't, though. So the NFC Championship, this is the 23rd time that two teams have met in the playoffs after one of them swept the season series. 14 out of those 22 teams have won the third game. Uh, So the Niners are looking to be the 15th out of 23 times that a team sweeps and wins in the playoffs. So, doesn't favor the Rams in that aspect. But, yeah, I think they have just too much to lose. This is the year. Everyone knew this was the year for the Rams. They have to have it. I mean, if they don't win the Super Bowl, fire Sean McVay and Les Snead because they don't deserve it. I mean, they put everything into this season. They traded for Matthew Stafford. They traded for Von Miller. They signed Odell Beckham Jr. midseason. I mean, you can't not win the Super Bowl. Not that I want them to win the Super Bowl. They, I want them to get there. But, um, yeah, at some point, like Mark says a lot, you know, streaks have to come to an end, and six straight against one opponent is tough to keep going. Unless, unless the Niners are in their heads. <laughs> dead zone, Chris. Dead zone. Uh, <laughs> uh, what I will say for the Niners, though, they are the best defense remaining out of the four teams. Uh, even though their secondary is by far 
their weakest link. I don't think there's a great secondary between the four teams. Um, even with Jalen Ramsey in L.A., uh, the secondaries I don't think are all that great as a whole unit, not just one single player. Obviously, Jalen Ramsey the best player out of all four secondaries, but the Rams should be able to throw on the, on the Niners. And vice versa, the Niners should be able to run on the Rams. That is their defensive weakness, um, even with Aaron Donald there. So I'm hoping. I'm hoping for the L.A. Rams to win. It is going to be tough. It's going to be a, a slobber knocker, the word I have never used on this show, but a slobber knocker nonetheless. And... Uh, Matthew Stafford's going to get to the Super Bowl this year, y'all. Uh, former Georgia quarterback, by the way, had to slide the uh, 2021 national champions in here. You know, Thank you, Mark, for sending me this. Uh, but the over-under here is 45.5, and, a half, and uh, I like the over. Someone, some will be surprised thinking that the Niners' defense and, and the Rams, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, they're going to keep it under. But look, the Rams have scored 30-plus in their two playoff games against the Bucks, and uh, the Cardinals. So that is my factor. That's, that's it. That is, that is my stat. The Rams have scored over 30 points. In both of their playoff games, uh, the Niners have scored 23 and 13, allowed 10 and 17. So I think it goes over. It's kind of a bold over pick of 45 and a half. Um, but like I said, my one stat for the over, the Rams have scored over 30 plus, have scored 30 plus in both of their games this postseason. So they score 30 or more. All the Niners got to do is score about 17. So, yeah, I like the over, Chris. What's the number? 45 and a half. Yeah, I'll take the, <clears throat> take the over in this one, too. Yeah. If it was... If it was the same number as the Bengals Chiefs game, I would definitely go under fifty four and a half, like I am going under in that game anyways. Uh six thirty on Fox. Best bets, I was not good again last week. Obviously it was I told y'all it was, it was an absolutely horrible divisional weekend. Uh one and two once again gets me to twenty seven and thirty six overall. Uh the Titans minus three and a half against the Bengals lost. The Bucks minus two and a half against the Rams lost. And then I hit on the Niners plus five and a half at the Packers. Um, I forgot to mention the weather for the uh, NFC Championship game. You know, that's not an enclosed stadium. It does have a roof, but the sides are open. You know, it's going to get chilly. It's going to be chilly there on uh, Sunday night, man. It's going to be 73 during the day, nice and nice and sunny. 
But, dude, it, it's dropping to 47 at night, man. It's going to be a little chilly. Yeah, but don't forget, they're playing in L.A., so it's starting at 3.30 out there. Yeah. But I'm just saying, you know. It, it's probably still going to be in the 50s. kind of a side note. Yeah. Kind of a side note since I kind of went out there at the end of talking about the game, but I'm also, it's also kind of funny that a team for the second year in a row now has a chance to host the Super Bowl in their home stadium. After it had never been done in league history, it's about to happen twice. Yeah. Except this year, they're going to lose in their home stadium. Uh, but yeah, my my best bets for the games this weekend. I had I locked in uh, Bengals plus seven, like Monday night, dude. I was all over that number, and it hasn't changed, which I'm kind of disappointed about. But at the same time, dude, I I have no idea how the Bengals don't cover seven. Uh, their defense is good enough, and I think their offense can score with the Chiefs. That's the thing. The, as long as that offensive line holds up. But did it matter last week? No, it didn't. Yeah, but they only scored 19 points. I think the Chiefs score close to 30. I could see them definitely scoring 28. No, because I had the under 54 and a half. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, give me a, give me a Niners-Packers score, 13 to 10. That'd be, that'd be very nice for the Bengals. Um, with a with the Evan McPherson walk off, uh, like he's done the first two games. So, yeah. Uh, and then the night the the NFC title game, I like the over forty five and a half. I just said my reasons for that. Obviously, don't take my word on it. Um, <laughs> as you can see, I'm only hitting. Uh, what is it? I'm only hitting on uh, 42.9% uh, this season. It's not terrible. You got you to gotta go back and look and see if you did better than Alex. Though, I can't remember what his uh, his record was last year. I can look. I, I can do that. We won't publicize that just to uh, save embarrassment for either one of us. But uh, <laughs> seems about the same teams around the same i think i might cheat next season and uh include college because <laughs> nfl is harder to bet uh than yeah. college is so but anyways these are my two picks for this week um do with it what you will next weekend we have no games we do have one game we do have we do uh, technically we have technically we do have two games I don't know if uh, we should pick the Pro Bowl. <laughs> I mean, that would be something else if we pick the Pro Bowl and and pick the Senior Bowl. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think I don't because you guys, you and Mark, have a chance of being tied here. Because if the Chiefs do win, then you guys are going to be tied, and I guess. The Super Bowl, as long as you guys went different, would be the tiebreaker. 
Well, but if the, if the Chiefs, who knows if that would actually happen? If the Chiefs win, I can assure you that Mark and I will be on the same side in the Super Bowl. I can almost assure you, considering he is a Rams fan, and considering I would pick the Rams at that point. Uh, yeah. But anyways, yeah, next weekend is the Senior Bowl, Reese's Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. I wish I was there. Uh, I thought about it. I thought about skipping a whole week of school uh, <laughs> to, to go down and and spend money down in Mobile and, and promote the brand, you know, to the other NFL execs down there. But um, couldn't swing it. So we'll be watching it from here anyways. Uh we got the Jets coaching coaching the national team, and the uh, Lions coaching the American team. So big, uh, big draft boost for those two teams. We've seen uh, the Senior Bowl work out for a couple teams in the past, uh, getting that extra exposure, uh, in-person exposure to uh, some teams. So, or to, to some some of the prospects for this year's draft, yeah. really, really it'll, helpful. I mean, both of these teams, I think it'll help a lot because the, uh, I mean, the Lions have what the number two pick, right, and the Jets have number four, number ten. So, there's a lot of big decisions to be made with all of those picks. Yeah, because the it's always the top two uh, worst losing. Worst winning percentages always coach the teams, uh, but it's the top, the worst two winning percentages with their coaching staffs intact. So obviously the Jacksonville Jaguars don't have a head coach. That's why they're not here. Um, and neither do the Texans. Yes, that is correct. So that is why the Jets are doing it. Yes. Which again, I'm fine with. Like you said, it helps them with a little bit more scouting. Yeah, and I think it helps uh, very much for the Lions as well. Um, looking at quarterbacks, six of them here uh, in that game. Not that they're going to pick one at number two, um, but I think for their second pick, potentially even if, uh, they fall in love with a quarterback. You know, they're very close having the second pick in the second round. They could trade up on, on draft night to get that fifth-year option. Um, which we have a very, you know, trade-savvy team that is going to be at the back end of the first round anyways, if you know who I'm talking about. One, um, one team's pick that uh, they've been waiting on the playoffs to finish to determine whether where their pick is. It is the Miami Dolphins. They have the 49ers first round pick this year. Oh, yeah. So we've seen them trade a bunch in the last two years. Um they could be willing to trade back considering they have a late first-round pick now. Well, there's also your team, the Eagles, who have three first-round picks. So, I mean, that's another potential partner. 
Well, yeah, but they're the Lions would have to pay a lot to get up to Eagles because their latest pick is 19. They have 15, 16, and 19. So, okay, that's the show for today. Nice hour and a half. Um, don't forget to follow us on all our social media at FAA Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. FAA Podcast. Dot com is our website. You can check us out here on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, etc. Thank you, Chris. Have a marvelous championship weekend, sir. And we will see you back I'll try. on Monday. All right.